When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Sox fans, guess what? Southside Sox podcast number 104. We're talking about the Chicago White Sox on this podcast. I'm Brett Ballantine, your host. I don't want to talk about the Chicago White Sox, but it's the Southside Sox podcast. Don't really have much choice. Lucky to be joined by, otherwise I'd be talking to myself and it would probably be more expletive filled, probably a lot more dead air if it was just me talking, but joining me out of the Indianapolis field office, it is Super Joseph Rhesus, Trooper Galactus from Parts Unknown. Dante Jones, the streak is on. The streak is on. And hey, the guy who got Dante onto or helped get Dante on introducing me via Southside Sox, it's Zach Hayes. It's sort of like a, it's a Zach Hayes, Dante Jones power duo. Uh, I like it. Joining on the podcast. Hey, the White Sox won today. It sure didn't feel like it, but the White Sox won and they are a game over 500. Uh, it's probably been circulating around, but I think I saw it from Jesse Rogers, ESPN, 22 straight games. The White Sox have been within a game of 500. I believe, uh, Zach Hayes and uh, six packs has been pointing that out. That's the sixth longest streak in baseball history. So don't let them tell you the White Sox didn't accomplish anything in the 2022 season. Um, let's see how long they can stretch it. Something tells me it might break North of the border because they're facing, a tough team in the Blue Jays. Hey, 
<laughs> hey, fellas, <laughs> let's talk White Sox. How you feeling right now? Okay. Um. Yes. I feel, despite how weird the game was today, um, it was. It's. It's still a win. Um. I, I will take a win. It is However, a win. we can get it. Um. Slight correction there. Still at exactly five hundred. They're twenty three wins, twenty three losses, uh, and so they need. Um, still, yeah, their situation overall is still maybe slightly worse than being a game above. But um, yeah, maybe maybe they'll get there with the next game. I uh, <laughs> wouldn't count on it though. Um, See, look how sunny I am. I'm giving them an extra win. Oh man, White yeah. Sox are going all the way. <laughs> yes. Um, but yeah, hopefully, I know I, I said this last time they faced the Cubs, like maybe this was sort of the moment they were able to turn around their season. If we look back at things uh, like maybe that we could look at the bottom of the ninth inning today where they just got really lucky. Like Adam Engel had that accidental single on the check swing and then the pass ball um, by Higgins, who was stopping some tricky ones during this game today. But he let that one get by him in the ninth to tie the game. Um, so maybe we could look back at this later on in the year and say like, okay, this is where the fortunes kind of changed for them. Uh, but yeah, overall, like, yeah, not, not thrilled. Yeah. Happy about the game today, but not thrilled with them being 500 and with, especially with Tim Anderson, their most valuable player so far, potentially being out uh, oh, yeah. for, for a while. That's, right. um, that's certainly the biggest um, individual concern that, that I have right now. Burying the lead. Brett Valentini burying the lead. Well, we'll get to Tim Anderson, of course. Uh, a very sunny take from Joe Reese's. We'll expect, we'll expect nothing else. Our good friend leading off uh, the um, the Bird app, our good friend Tom Fernelli saying, you know, just two more wild pitches to a victory. That seems, that feels like what the offense is these days. And without Tim Anderson, this is what the offense is. Uh I guess we can jump right into Tim Anderson or just general assessments on this team, because you know what? This team is not very good with Tim Anderson hitting lights out as again, Zach Hayes did uh, so well in his analysis uh, toward the end of the week. I think Friday it was um, fantastic piece. Uh, and it <laughs> without Tim, what are we going to do with this team guys? Hey, uh, I got a pocket schedule headline for you, please, Brett. We're playing for draft picks, everybody. <laughs> let's put this into perspective. They already put him on the IL. There's not we're going to wait and yes. see before we take action. Like, it was bad yes. enough yes. that he went straight on the IL. Yes. So I think it's reasonable to say we're looking at a pretty significant period of time where Tim Anderson will not be on this team. To put that into perspective, Tim Anderson was on his way, even despite having missed – uh, I think he'd, he'd missed about six or seven games so far this season. Even considering that, he was on his way to contending for an MVP. He was on his way to putting together probably the best position player performance by wins above replacement that this team has had since Albert Bell in 1998. That is what we just lost today. And that is even with that, this team has been oscillating back and forth around the 500 mark. There are so many people that are not performing on this team. There are so many, and there is not much help coming. I mean, we have been yelling for Yolbert Sanchez to, to get the call up. 
but he's not really much of a solution when it comes down to it. You're really just hoping he can provide credible performance in place of guys who are well below replacement level at this point. We're not really talking about somebody who's going to solve anything. And yeah, let's we let's tr- we have nothing to trade for solutions. Yeah, it, Trooper, let's put a let's put a pin in that. Uh, that's really something I want to devote uh, a section of this podcast to. Really looking forward and seeing and and, and inviting this panel to be sunny if possible uh, as to best case going forward because it, it does look dire. Although you've already laid out some nice foundation, but let's let's just pause that for a second. Uh, uh, the 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 power duo Dante uh, Zach. Uh, where are you guys at? I mean, Dante, we just talked like, you know, a day ago and, you know, we, you know, we laughed. I guess your dad ended up sort of happy this weekend. I hate it. I hate that your dad was a little bit happy, but <laughs> thankfully just a little sad today. I hope you rubbed something in. I don't know what you can rub in with this White Sox team. I mean, you can't really rub much in. <laughs> I mean, we won one. Congrats <laughs> to us. I called it when we was recording the other day. I said you we did. was going to win one. We was going to lose one. So it was going to lose the Cueto game, win the Seas game. Didn't go the way I expected it to. Our best player currently is going to be on the IL for a while. Luis Robert seems like he's not taking COVID as well as some others have. Mm-hmm. As somebody with COVID right now can can definitely relate. Overall, like, every time we play, it's just like, do I really want to watch this again? Same team, same arguing and bickering about LaRusso's lineups, all that stuff we've been doing. I just it gets very exhausting. But again, beat the Cubs three out of four times this season, so we'll take the little victories. Yeah, it's a little victory, and it might be one of the one of the few we're going to be able to claim by the end of the season. Um, Zach, give me some hope, or give me reason to uh, feel even sillier that I gave the White Sox an extra win. Um, where are you at? I'm I'm feeling a lot of deja vu, honestly, because this feels familiar. This feels like this could be any number yeah. of <laughs> mediocre <laughs> seasons. Here. 2016. Yeah. Like we've we've been here before, and it's it. Tim losing Tim is obviously terrible, and it feels like there's been a cascade of just bad luck and things going wrong, and. To a degree, that's true, but it's also not like that true. It's they've mm-hmm. lost something like the sixth or seventh most uh, IL days, I think, in the major leagues this year. They've had bad luck, but nothing is extraordinary. Teams get hurt, especially these last couple of years. But the thing that feels familiar uh, with so many of these teams in the past 20 years, the mired in med- mediocrity era, is that uh, when everything is predicated, when the season and success is predicated on everything going right, then every setback, every injury feels like a mountain, you know, and it just feels like things are continuing to go wrong with no end in sight when, you know, there's no backup plan. That's that's the real problem. Things are going to go wrong and it just gets laid bare more and more every day. How unprepared, unfortunately, um, we were to have more than our fair share of things go wrong, I guess. Yeah. Two points there. Let me play off of that because we have the numbers that say the white Sox are basically 500 teams since about the all-star break last year. Right. So, I mean, this is, and, and, and the problem is you sandwiched a, an off season in between there where you could do things about the fact that you were 500 team in the second half and you didn't do those things. And to the luck, uh, I'm glad you had that number, this sixth or seventh most uh, games, but 
how these injuries are happening. Uh, you know, you lose Tim for up to a month, a year. Uh, Eloy, <laughs> you lose for half a season at this point. Luis has not come close to playing a full season. Uh, and these aren't guys getting, these aren't unlucky injuries, uh, right? I mean, they're not getting hit on the hand with a ball and it gets a break. I don't remember the nature of Carlos Correa's injury with the twins. I know it was a broken finger, right? I mean, I'm not sure if that was a more fluky injury. I'm not sure the White Sox, a heavy pitcher, you know, busts his knee, uh, planting um, isn't bad luck. It's, it's something else. It's not just sheer bad luck. I guess the fact that they're piling up onto one another maybe is bad luck. I'm not sure I'm going to necessarily howl about the training staff or I'm not, not going to howl about it, but uh, luck doesn't seem to be playing a factor in these injuries. These are ones you can almost, they're almost baked into, uh, you know, they're baked into the batter at this point. Tim, he's going to sit a couple times beyond his fair or unfair suspensions. He's going to sit. Eloy, we're lucky we get, you know, for half a season. Uh, pitching injuries, always pitching injuries. Um, other thoughts about uh, um, either the fact that the White Sox failed to do anything in the offseason to address the fact that this was looking a little bit more like a 500 team than we'd like. Or the the nature of these these injuries is it a, is it a rash of bad luck? Well, at least uh, in terms of familiarity, like this, Zach's right. It feels a lot like 2016, where they half-assed an offseason and you wound up just slogging through an entire season and all of the things that they knew going into the offseason they needed to address, they didn't. With the exception that at least in 2016 you could say they added a high caliber player when they traded for Todd Frazier and they didn't trade much to get Todd Frazier. Like that's probably one of the best trades of the Rick Hahn era. And we didn't even get a Todd Frazier like this year, probably the best ad they made in the off season was Kendall Graveman. And uh, like I, I, posted something on Twitter a couple days ago, like they have literally lost what, when you add up the value, per fan graphs of every player that Rick Hahn signed this or traded for this off season. It, it, he has literally cost the team a win, a full win already just from these players. Like that is how much negative value Rick Hahn has added. And this is exactly what Rick Hahn has always done. Year after year, I don't think Rick Hahn has had an offseason, except maybe 2020, where he didn't have pieces that he added turn out to be negative value players, pieces that he expected to be significant parts of the White Sox's plan. Going back to Adam Eaton last year, Nomar Mazzara the preceding year, even in the rebuilding years when he was trading for guys like Yonder Alonzo, or back to when he signed Adam LaRoche, or going all the way back to Jeff Kepinger. It Every year we are subjected to players who are not just declining, but completely fall off a cliff. And how, it, at this point, you have to question, what is this guy, like, doing here, if this is what the end result is? Because it's not a matter of budget. It's not a matter of, I don't have the money to spend to get better guys. It's a matter of, no, you, you don't even spend money on competent players. And it, when you do spend money, it's like it, you should be able to spend $30 million and get at least one competent player out of that or two. And it, it, we don't even get that. Well, related is a celebration, the, the highlight of the weekend. I mean, yes, there was a win. The highlight of the weekend was, was 
convincing the owner to eat roughly $14 million in future salary to get rid of a player, um, which feels good in that, okay, well, you don't have to watch Dallas Keuchel anymore. It's really nothing to celebrate. It's something that Diabilic pointed out in her recap. It's like, well, it's, <laughs> it's a drag that this is something we have to applaud, A, because it's shocking, but B, because it's like, well, it just it, <laughs> it represents a monumental failure. We got 11 great starts out of Dallas Keuchel, couldn't get a single postseason start out of him that was any good, and it's basically been misery since. So even the one thing we had to celebrate this weekend uh, is, is really a, a low bar and sort of a, a, a backwards compliment um, for the front well, office. Didn't- you didn't, that didn't need to be sold to Jerry Reinsdorf. As far as Jerry's concerned, hey, cool. There's zero chance that option is going to vest now. So as far as he's concerned, that's going to save him $22 million in case the worst case scenario for Jerry uh, well, actually puts oh, no. innings. Jerry's on Jerry's unhappy. No, don't don't pretend that he's happy because they're going to somehow avoid having him pitch 116 this year. That was never going to happen. But I get in theory that may be true. But no, he's angry because that means... That's $13 million he could not spend making his, his team better now. And it's not as if Rick Hahn is going to sell this, not that he's going to broadcast it, but he's not going to say, hey, I'm going to go out and trade for a guy that's really going to help our team because money's freed up. Money isn't freed up. It's dead, dead, dead money. Uh, another failure for the White Sox in the front office. Um, well, hey, let's take a break. Let's make this a little bit more positive in the second half or not. Um, let's look ahead to see how much better this <laughs> this season can get this 500 season through may five games behind the minnesota twins hey where'd they come from zach hayes new uh let's take a break we'll be back in a minute and maybe we'll try to put a positive spin on heading to toronto minus two of our players hang with us uh, if you dare hang with us i'm alex rodriguez and i'm jason kelly from bloomberg this is the deal each week you're here in conversation with business icons This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not uh, as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Hey, everybody. Brett Ballantini. Thanks for coming back after the break. It's uh, Southside Sox Podcast 104. We've laid out the dire circumstances of the Chicago White Sox. Um, currently, uh, two months into the season, more than a quarter of the season gone, looking up at a very hot, uh, very solid, but not lucky, uh, not really particularly lucky. If there's a lucky team, it's the White Sox. They should be playing worse than they are. Their record um, should be worse than it is uh, if you look at luck or if you look at the manager's skill or whatever. I don't think you look at that, but if you did, uh, the White Sox are even luckier than the Twins. So we can't say, well, it's their due. So what do we look at here in the final, um, whatever, three-quarter, two-thirds of the season? Um, what what do we point toward? Eloy coming back, hey, he's going to give you something. Um, if everything goes right, um, yeah, this team can make a run. They can win the division. Maybe they can even be a factor in the postseason. That will take everything to go right. There's not a missing piece, as I think Trooper already uh, indicated. Uh, Gilbert Sanchez coming up. Yeah, it sort of makes sense. He comes up now. And what's he going to do? Okay, maybe he shores up second base so you don't have to watch Josh Harrison anymore. How much is that going to add? Uh, addition by subtraction, but that's about what it is. He's a rookie. Uh, give me something I can hold on to here in the latter part of the season. Um, 
White Sox are just five games back. This is by no means cashing in the season, but there's no reason, without being terribly negative here, there's no reason to believe the White Sox got this kick in them for sure. So I'm I'm willing to listen to things that I should be heartened by. Yeah, at the very least, the season actually isn't really over yet. If they're in pretty much any other division in baseball, it almost certainly would be. <laughs> yes. um, if they were in the AL East, if they're in the NL Central, if they're in the NL East, if they're in anywhere, it's yeah. it's done. Uh, but there is a world in which they kick around 500 just long enough for um, maybe a few veterans start getting into a groove. Maybe Aloy comes back and doesn't actually suck. Maybe Lance comes back and hits his stride. And, uh, you know, for all we know, maybe two, three months from now, they're kind of in the same position where they're still floating three, four, five games back. And you know, you're always, you're always one, one winning streak away. And that, yeah. that just wouldn't be true in any other division yeah. in baseball. And that still requires a lot of things going right. Yeah. Uh, but I, I actually don't think we have to fully stick a fork in it yet, which in and of itself is like the best thing you could hope for when you're talking about losing again a projected MVP candidate with yeah. pretty much nothing in the way of a competent replacement. Yeah. I think Yohan Moncada is due. Uh, he, obviously he has been off to a very slow start on um, and I don't think that will last the rest of the way. Um, I think he'll be a big part in terms of the uh, White Sox ability to hit right-handed pitching, which they've really struggled with this year. Um, Grandal, I don't think is already in the, de- like this far into the decline phase either. And it has certainly been surprising to see him hit as poorly as he has. Uh, so I think between those two players, starting to swing the bat a little bit more um, that will solve a major need because um, their platoon splits against righties and lefties are massive right now. Uh, entering today, their OPS plus against righties was 115 and against lefties, it was only 81, which is very bad, um, especially because they face righties far more often, about four times as often, in fact. Um, so yeah, it's a, yeah, if they have a that split at the 81 OPS plus against righties the whole season, then that's a big problem. And yeah, they certainly won't be doing anything special this year if that continues. But yeah, with Moncada and Grandal, I, I think those guys will eventually hit closer to their potential. Yeah, it's going to take that and more. Really, it is going to take that and more. There are things we have to assume happening going right we have to assume at this point Lance Lynn comes in and doesn't obviously pitch like Dallas Keuchel but actually pitches very very well Kopech he's gonna have to he's gonna have to sit he needs a break at some point he's not throwing 150 innings even even just that many innings he's he's just not if he is okay well okay (laughs) it doesn't seem like the smartest strategy but okay um a, a ton at this point the fact that they punted or they're basically uh, a quarter of the season's off the board at 500, you know, they punted enough and missed opportunities enough that almost all of the stuff has to start to click. Every, every little guy they bring up is going to have to really click instead of whatever it's been. I got no right fielder. Uh, the bullpen is, 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 is you know, the pitches has actually pretty decent, but you know, it's, <laughs> it's going to have to be more decent. Um, other things to feel good about as we, as we, <laughs> as we look, let's just say the stretch to the all-star break, which could very well be without our MVP candidate 
a shortstop for the entirety of it. Uh, let's just look at maybe through the first half of the season. Um, is, is there a kick coming? Is there stuff we can look at, uh, you know, beyond what Joe said, where, where Yoan and uh, Grandel should hit better? Well, you, you can at least point to the starting pitching still being a strength. So he's had an excellent outing today. Cueto, even though he gave up the first runs of the season and Tony left him hanging out to dry far too long, he still had a st- solid start and was in line for a quality start, you know, under competent management, which we don't have. And it's still a strength. You have with Cease, Giolito, uh, and Kopech really picking up the front of that rotation. Cueto's doing pretty good at the back end of it. Really good, honestly. And uh, assuming Lynn comes back of some semblance of his former self, then you've got a pretty good one through five. That's something to feel good about. Um, The bad part is I don't know what solution there is to the offense other than these guys we have here right now just got to start hitting, period. Uh, Rick Hahn hauled out, you know, another old favorite back of the baseball card uh, in an interview earlier. And it's like, okay, there's some truth to that. You know, guys like Grandal, guys like Abreu, they got to hit to the, what we, they've done historically. But this offense was also built very heavily on a, on a lot of assumptions of what we thought guys were going to do. Luis Robert, we thought was going to be an MVP candidate. He has looked like that at times. He has other times looked completely lost. We assumed that Robert, or not sorry, Luis, uh, Aloy Jimenez was going to be uh, a, the kind of guy who would vie for a home run crown. He has not only not been healthy enough to do that, but this season and even part of last season, he was not very good, period, at the plate. So, We've got a lot of places we thought we were going to get run production out of. Yohan Mankata, another example of somebody we thought would be more of a run producer than he has been. And A.J. Pollock, uh, very disappointing so far. I think by F4, he is currently the worst player on the roster uh, because his defense has really taken a hit. So uh, they have the starting pitching to make a championship run, to make a postseason bid. But this offense is so broken right now and unfortunate. And I wish there was some way I could think of to fix it beyond just saying trade everything possible for Juan Soto and hope that nationals go for it. But I I'm, I'm kind of out of solutions at this point, but Rick Hahn's being paid to do a job and he's supposed, he needs to find a solution because I don't know that it's here right now. Well, uh, you know, Connor, Connor Pilkington's to, Oh, wait, no. Connor got traded last year. Yeah, White Sox got nothing to trade. They ain't not going to be. Anything. Connor gonna, there's, 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 base? there's not going to be. Yeah, they're not going to be any moves. I mean, we we know they cannot make the impact moves they made uh, uh, last year. So I, I yeah, I don't I don't think that's going to be an option for optimism. Uh, but are there other op- options for optimism? Panel. I you you read and listen to people around the team and around the offense right now and. Uh, they all say that everybody's pressing right now. There's a lot of pressure. Nobody's happy. Everyone looks dead in the eyes. Uh, so maybe maybe this will take a little bit of the pressure off and they'll get to sit back and start to play a little bit more relaxed now that people really, um, now that expectations are, have fallen in the basement a little bit. Um, and sometimes that's what it takes. I don't know, but um, you would hope not, but... <laughs> Uh, that fucking that sucks. That's ridiculous. <laughs> That's 
ridiculous. This is a contention window, and now we've got to be like. <laughs> no, I mean, I'm pretty hey, hearing that. I'm speaking nothing but facts, and you're hearing nothing but facts. That's sad as it may oh, be. That's awesome. That's, that's that what we're, awesome. we're making. We're at the point, point where it's yeah. like, hey, you know, we're going to just draft behind Minnesota, and then September, man, they're like, I'm not going to know what hit them. Hey, listen, it could work. I mean, you know, I'm laughing. <laughs> it could work. It's just. Good Lord Almighty! This is the team that was uh, literally wasn't a hundred. It was a hundred percent chance playoffs, right? It was like ninety nine percent chance, right? I'm not making that up. Before the season, now of course, before the season, who cares? Before the season, Yasmani Grandal was the best catcher, a projected best catcher, and like the fifth best player, right, in the majors. Now that ain't happening. But I know projections, projections, projections. But oh man, it's not June, <laughs> and now it's well. Nobody cares anymore, so maybe they'll start hitting. Hey, listen, might as well try that one because nothing has worked so far. Um, and yeah, you know, who knows? Um, Dante, you got any hope for me? I mean, the hopeful thing is we can race ourselves to either being like somehow winning the division, like Zach said, it's the AL Central, yeah. so yeah, very winnable no matter what. I mean, it took us until the middle of September when last season, and Another good thing you can hope for is if we bottom out, like say Tim's out for like yeah. three months, if we bottom out, hopefully we can see some of the younger guys get called up so we can see what we have. Because and I've talked with people about this all the time. I don't like our minor league farm as constructed right now. So maybe a little losing could give us a chance to see what we have for the future and see who we need to trade, what to trade for in terms of assets, instead of hoping and praying that no one gets injured, even though, like you said, Tim's good for a month out. Eloy's good for half the season <laughs> out. Luis Robert hasn't been healthy. And, yeah, we have no backup options. So it'll be just good to see if any of these guys are plausible options. Yeah. Dante, I, I, like, I thank you for making the point about the AL Central because I did want to bring this up. I was looking, I was like, looking, why is the AL Central as bad as it is? Because I said before the season, I thought that the division was going to get better. And they look like crap right now. And I looked at it and we keep thinking to ourselves that, okay, some of these guys got to play like they have historically. You know, Grandal can't, if Grandal can start hitting and then Abreu can start hitting all that, blah, 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 blah. Every other team in the AL Central can say the exact same thing. Mm -hmm. Because you know what? Javier Baez whatever you might think of him as a player is probably not going to have like an OPS plus of around like 65 for the entire season. Uh, I'm pretty sure Spencer Torkelson is a much better hitter than he has shown so far. Heimer Candelario is hitting like garbage right now. And he's shown that he's a much better hitter. Just top to bottom, that Detroit lineup is underperforming what they would normally be expected to. The Indians the Indians had, last I checked, a positive run differential, and they're slightly below 500, unlike the White Sox, who are like at negative mm-hmm. 40 right now. Yep. So, you know, you got an Indians team that is far underperforming their Pythagorean, uh, pro- their Pythagorean run differential, and you got a Detroit team that their hitters are underperforming their histories even more than the White Sox are. So this idea that, oh, well, as long as the AL Central sucks, we can, you know, chances are if we can improve from internally from players performing to their histories, so can they. And that is the only thing that I'm like, I want to be optimistic about that, but I just can't take that very far. 
but it's how Rick Hahn gets to sleep every night. <laughs> oh, Rick. Hey, Rick. <laughs> nice to talk to you again. I see Trooper got so, he got so fired up. He forgot the Indians aren't even in the league any longer. Um, uh, yeah. AL central, you know, um, I'm not worried about the other teams. You know, Detroit's bare. You know, they're they're one maybe the team that's more disappointing than the White Sox. I'm worried about the Minnesota Twins. You know, uh, you know, Zach I think was worried uh, too about them. Probably uh, many of us thought they were maybe due for a, a bounce back. And hey, they got no pitchers or you know whatever. Or they haven't hit by injuries. Well, Korea's been out. Uh, Sano's been out. Uh, you know, it's not like they're not been touched. Um, I don't know that they can just conjure starters uh, at our at our level just out of thin air. Uh, but they might not have to if they actually like hit or if he has mining Gradal, you know, does what he's been doing so far, whatever you call that, or if Aloy can never come back, he's one at bat or two, two plate appearances and out <laughs> for the rest of the season. Um, hey, but you know, I've had a lot of laughs <laughs> at the expense of the White Sox. Uh, other thoughts that can keep us maybe a little, uh, a little positive. I mean, the, the starting rotation is nails, but I'll, you know, I'll be honest, Michael Kopech, is not going to continue if he's even going to be as active as we hope he is. I mean, again, he's going to have to see. All right, let, let me just ask you: how, how many Indians is Michael Kopech going to get this year? I mean, going in, we figured maybe maybe one thirty. He maybe give you a Carlos Rodon year last year, and that's not because of injury, or whatever. That's just because of managing a guy who has never pitched this much in the major leagues, and he's been off essentially two what two, three seasons, three seasons. Uh, if you from from a starting position. Um, how much are we going to get out of Kopech? Not as in, not as much as we probably probably need to to really uh, make a serious dent in the in the Twins' lead. Unfortunately, um, just partially why it's so baffling to me why it took so long to pull the plug on on Dallas. I think now is the time where you need to see what you've got in some of those minor league arms like Davis Martin, like. Um, whether, you know, Ronaldo Lopez can still be a three to five inning starter for you sometimes. And because uh, Kopech is not going to be able to be there every fifth day come August and September. And we've seen how fragile pitching is, you know, it seems like kind of like uh, getting ready to have Lucy pull the football back out from under, under us. If we say, well, once Lynn is back, we'll be, you know, back to a hundred percent again. Can we count on that for lasting the rest of the season? There's uh, they need to be, finding some other options and planning for the eventuality that Kopech is not going to be someone that you can go to, but more than probably once a week down the stretch yeah. and probably not for seven innings and a hundred pitches. And I'm terrified to think that somehow, because it's going well, I cannot fathom the white Sox would goof around with that, but I, it's, it terrifies me to think that they're going to, that they're going to move the goalpost a little bit with that. You know, going in, they said maybe what, cap 150 including uh including a post postseason starts which might be laughable now but i mean i just i'm terrified that you know and, and listen i want to be old school and say ah the guys should throw 300 innings. well this is not the way it max effort every pitch it just doesn't it's that's not the game today right so you, can, you can't do that and you do have to baby if you want to call it baby and you do have to baby starters especially when this guy is nails and he's providing you enormous surplus value this year and, and you know his season could end today and he's provided incredible value to you but you, you know you can't mess around with that just because you don't have other options because davis martin is the one guy you think might come up and give you another six innings and, and two three earned runs uh, you know, good Lord, this is a, this is a pickle for the white sex. So we're talking about positive things, you know, time's winding slow, but do we got, do we got any, any other things that we can look forward to? I mean, this is going to be a rough week. Uh, first of all, going North of the border minus two white Sox players. We've been playing internally staff, you know, the old, uh, 
the old uh, who's not vaccinated bingo. And I'm not sure if we've necessarily determined it yet, but we'll know soon enough. Uh, you know, that's going to be a rough series on the road, uh, you know, down, down a couple guys. Um, it sort of ends a really tough run for the White Sox. Uh, the schedule is going to, that is a positive. The schedule is going to break a little bit. It is going to get a little easier. Is that enough? It'll be enough for now. Like the idea is since it's going to get a little easier in the second half, as long as the White Sox can maintain enough, maybe get a few extra wins here and there, and like somehow going to the break only four or five games out of first, we can always have a chance to just make that to catch up because the Twins also have a difficult second half themselves. So we can just hope that things work out. I like if we want to be positive about the White Sox, I don't know how we can after all these years, but if we're going to try to be positive about the White Sox, we still have all-star caliber players and talent. So if the talent can perform, then we always have a chance. Yeah. We are reduced to some Christmas morning thinking, but that's where we're at right now. Listen, you know, we're, we've got two months off, uh, you know, off the board for this season and we're at 500. Uh, things don't look particularly bright, especially the two manners news. Good Lord. Uh, the fact that, you know, Eloy, MIA, uh, Lance Lynn, not coming back super, super soon. Um, it, it's tough. It's going to be a tough week. Uh, you know, hang with us, everybody. Until the next podcast, the next podcast, I guarantee is going to be happier because we're either going to be making even greater fun of the White Sox or we might actually have some exciting stuff uh, to talk about. Maybe a split in Toronto. That would be a big victory at this point to just stay 500 as, as Joe corrected me at the top. Stay 500. Keep that streak going. Maybe they can be the team, the longest streak of games within one of 500. Wow. That'll be something that we can um, put in uh, today in White Sox history in future seasons. Uh, well, uh, okay, I don't feel any better. I did get a couple good laughs, uh, so thanks uh, everybody uh, for that. Uh, that that always helps. Uh, thanks everybody for listening, reading, sometimes watching. Appreciate you being here. We wouldn't have any purpose. We'd just be friends, just like rapping, and there'd be probably a lot more cussing if we were doing that uh, without you uh, supporting us, reading, watching all that stuff. So keep reading. Big week, gonna be a fun week. I don't know. It's gonna be a weird week. The recaps for losses <laughs> often are a lot more fun than the wins. So you know, really, no matter what, you open up. Southside Sox, and you're going to be entertained one way or the other. It could be a great piece of analysis from Zach Hayes. It could be a hilarious recap of a terrible loss. Uh, and sometimes those happen even on the same day. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Uh, got a day off, and then we're going, to, uh, okay, we're, going to, we're going to run north of Toronto and find out who, <laughs> who the cavemen are on the White Sox. So, 